This is an AMI podcast. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI TV. Protests disrupted proceedings in Saskatchewan's legislature last week. The disruption led to temporary security changes. Those in favor of the measures say it helps protect MLAs. Those against it argue it limits free speech. There's a lot to this story. Journalist John Lepke can lend a hand in unpacking it. Hey, good morning, John. Good morning, Dave. John, it's almost hard to say where the conversation should begin, but let's just start with the changes themselves. What are the temporary changes that have been put in place at Saskatchewan's legislature? Yeah, so after the protests, uh, those were Monday last week, uh, the legislative unit that that handles security, which was a change that was made a year before, um, has instituted some changes that are temporary up until tomorrow and, and then will be revisited. And those are that the number of people allowed in the gallery is limited. There is no walk-in traffic. And perhaps most contentiously, those who do attend to sit in the gallery have to give their name and address. Okay, so those are the uh, policies in place there. What has the reaction been to these temporary changes, as you say, that may be revisited and kept in place uh, later this week? Yeah, I think unsurprisingly, those who who agree with the protests and what they stand for, those protests um, protesting uh, against the ongoing war between Israel and Hamas, um, are saying that this is a limiting of freedom of speech. And, and that's certainly the position that the NDP, who weren't... Uh, terrifically enthused about the protests some of them um have taken uh the conserv the sorry the sask party who do trend conservative but i don't want to confuse listeners the sask party um have instigated an investigation as well um alleging that the uh the ndp were uh, aiding and abetting uh this protest and so we'll see how that how that committee filters out as well what do you think the balance is here, John? Here's where you can take the journalist cap off a little bit and talk more broadly about like what's at issue, which is access to the public to their politicians. What do you think the balance is here? Because I think that when people sort of pinpoint in on the nature of this protest being conflict in the Middle East, they'll be able to draw their party lines. But I'm sure uh, mm-hmm. some of that may be inversed if it was about opposing vaccine mandates or pick your flashpoint issue. People are always going to say my free speech is limited when what they want to say is being uh, is being limited. But then on the flip side, they might they might uh, change their mind if they politically disagree with the nature of the protest. So what is the, str- the, the, the balance here? Like an actual objective balance between safety of politicians and public's access to politicians. Mm-hmm. I'm going to borrow here from, and I may have said this on air for, for a different story, but a, a term that I learned around anti-racist education when I was in my, my first degree in university, which was a while ago, but it was about the fundamental difference between people feeling uncomfortable and unsafe. And I think that's something that we really need to look at in the legislature. I mean, if you sit in any legislature, the Saskatchewan legislature, uh, I've sat in the in the British legislature as a, an audience member, and it's the same the same yelling and throwing of of um, of vitriol uh, as you can call it. And so I think it certainly 
I'd certainly trend towards the why are we limiting people's ability to speak up, particularly often when we're talking about, mar you know, it takes a lot for marginalized folks, uh, often racialized folks in the terms of this conflict to show up at the legislature and to just say ceasefire now over and over until, um, and, and I say that as a, um, a, a vote, in, not a vote in their favor, but a, sort of a, a, a compliment of what they were doing, right? Sometimes it's the simplest actions that, make the most change. Um, and so I don't think any action that creates limits on free speech is good. And I, I think that the um, the ruling party in this case uh, needs to take a look at why they feel uncomfortable being told by their constituents that their constituents want a ceasefire. Yeah, I like I like the way you frame that comfort versus safety. Now, again, there's not necessarily an objective line that you can draw on that one, but I'll I'll, I'll cite an example that's going to come up on the news panel with Michelle McQuig and Joyda Gupta later this week. I'm going to be talking about some of the new security measures at Vancouver's City Hall, where there's going to be enhanced screening of anybody entering a council meeting, but even working their way around some of the halls. And I think to the time that I lived in Ottawa and did spend quite a bit of time at City Hall. That was kind of a wonderful place where you could have FaceTime with your local elected official in the hall. And the more we move away from that as a culture, as a society, I see that as a negative, but I do put the onus on individuals when you talk to your elected officials, you have to act like you have some sense. Mm. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it. I mentioned earlier that they've, you know, struck a, a committee for for an investigation around this protest and and NDP's role in it and uh there was some some consternation amongst members uh the speaker asking uh the first who brought it forward to to remove some sentences around some accusations toward the NDP but one of the ways in which that was phrased was uh, they phrased the protest as an occupation and when we when we're phrasing uh protest as an occupation when it's a number of people speaking loudly in front of their representatives who they themselves speak uh, loudly, to put it kindly, in front of each other regularly. It's really a question of which voices do you want to hear? And and every legislature is, is quite selective. Uh, the UCP wearing earplugs at one point uh, a few years ago. You know, these these things come up over and over again. But but I'm with you that when we lose that face time, we lose the willingness to listen to our constituents. We lose the the political will. And then that turns into issues at the, at the polls. And it's it's a bit cyclical. John, thank you for some perspective on this. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.